Everyone knows Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication between law enforcement and the community. Over the course of the last year, we have become painfully aware of the very negative headlines national media projected across the country regarding all law enforcement agencies. Over the last several months, and after numerous investigations, we have learned that these negative headlines did not tell the whole story, but rather painted a picture designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Law Matters wants you to hear all the facts so you can decide for yourself. As these investigations conclude, these stories will be featured on our Truth Matters page on lawmatters1030.org website. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters. On the phone, we have Hal Kempfer. He's going to give us an update on Ukraine. Hal, how are you doing? Good, Sherry. How are you? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> it's been a rough week, <laughs> as you know. Well. <laughs> Been a, it's been a rough week everywhere. Yeah. So what's going um, on? Well, uh, it's, uh, you know, Russia this week launched another massive wave of uh, missiles, and they tried to do a massive wave of kamikaze drone attacks. One thing that's not been covered in the news that much, the number of the missiles made it through, although the majority were intercepted, but all of the drones, these Iranian Shahid drones were intercepted, and that's something we've seen over and over again is the Ukrainians, you know, there's a lot of coverage, you know, a couple months ago about how these devastating drone strikes on critical infrastructure, especially power and water. And the Ukrainians have become very adept at intercepting, if not all, you know, a very high percentage of these drones. So the Iranian drone threat, I don't want to say it's diminished so much, but I will say that it's been uh, mitigated greatly by Iranian, our Ukrainian uh, air defense. Uh, now, the uh, Ukrainians have pulled out of that little town called Solidar, which, you know, next to the salt mines, but they have, uh, but the Russians have paid a huge price. And that's one thing the Ukrainians have done since the beginning of the war, is they have very strategically traded ground when they have to, uh, to inflict a tremendous loss of life um, on Russian troops trying to take that ground, just uh, uh, causing huge attrition. Uh, it was estimated as of this morning uh, by Ukrainian uh, armed forces that 125,000 Russian troops have been killed in action. Oh my God! Uh, in this war, it, it's huge. And uh, and one thing that's been fairly consistent uh, over the last month is most days it's 800 plus Russian troops a day being killed. So. The Russians are taking losses that really rival World War II statistics. And whereas they sometimes will make small gains like in around Bakhmut, they haven't taken Bakhmut, um, but the uh, but they make small gains around there. They do so at a phenomenal cost. And, you know, this week they were talking about, uh, there's a lot of discussion about the that Putin might uh, launch an offensive sometime in, uh, you know, as early as late February possibly early March, but uh, the discussion was that the Russians' plan is that they will accept phenomenal casualties in exchange for modest gains, and the thought is that they, if even though they're going to lose a phenomenal amount of people, that they're going to use that to somehow propel them to victory. It, it's stunning uh, the way the Russians think about that. Yeah, I can't um, believe that the Russian they, people are okay with this. They're losing their families, and Putin's just a bully. He's not. He, I don't think he thought this whole thing out. 
Well, I don't. He's not strategist, military strategist by any means. He's a, yeah, he's he's a, he's a spy master. I mean, that's really what he is. He's a, he's a, you know, a human intelligence officer with the KGB way back when, and and he recruits and manages human assets, uh, spies, if you will. But he's not a he's not a military uh, tactician or or strategist by any means. Um, the other thing too. Which, which is kind of interesting, is within there, there's more reports coming out from a variety of sources to include Putin's former speechwriter that the seeds for a potential coup, and I don't want to get too optimistic about that, uh, against Putin are being set, and that what he was saying was that the uh, Russian people, the, the myth of macho Putin, you know, the guy who runs around a horse with his shirt off and stuff, that that is pretty much falling apart. The myth of uh, Putin as this master strategist has uh, has largely dissipated, and at the same time, as you mentioned, you have all these uh, uh, family members seeing their you know their sons coming home and in body bags. In fact, the the you know the Russian economy is tanking. The only area in the Russian economy that's actually picked up is mortuary services. Wow! Uh, ironically, and uh, that's just because of the phenomenal loss of life. Yeah, I'm not sure the Russian people are happy with this either. I heard a rumor about China planning on uh, potentially starting a war with us. Any truth to that? Well, uh, General Minahan, the head of the Air Mobility Command, uh, made a rather stunning statement uh, what day before yesterday that uh, he was basically uh, he was basically telling his uh, his command, uh, which does all military airlift worldwide, you know, be prepared that uh, he he sees the possibility of a war with uh, China uh, by 2025. And well, we need to keep really that in mind when we do the election in 2024. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, I mean, General Austin, I mean, Austin uh, Secretary Austin, uh, you know, the defense secretary has, has said he doesn't see a war being that imminent. But there is a lot of back and forth debate on Russia, on China's timing in terms of what they might want to do with uh, Taiwan. Now, there was that, those series of war games uh, that uh, uh, someone I know, going back to Desert Storm, uh, Colonel Mark Kantian, um, has, has spoken about where we, we, can, uh, we can stop China. In fact, we inflict horrendous casualties on China if they attempt to invade. Like 95% of, the, uh, of their maritime fleet, especially their amphibious lift fleet, get sunk in these various scenarios, although we take huge casualties, too. Uh, about a quarter of our our uh, attack submarines would probably be lost, even though they would inflict tremendous casualties on the, on the Chinese. And there's also a distinct possibility of losing one or two carriers. So, it, I mean, it's a pretty dynamic war game scenario, and, I, I, you know, we haven't seen anything quite like that since World War II, obviously, in, in terms of our and our perception of what a war on that scale would be like. But, uh, um, but everybody's getting ready. You just, you know, you see what's happening with Japan and the U S have strengthened the relationship to a level. I've, I've certainly never seen it's, uh, uh, Japan is kind of almost reawakened as a, as a military power again. Uh, and everyone is getting ready because we all anticipate that China is going down this path. And at some point they will do something like that, which for them, ultimately would be uh, a phenomenal strategic mistake 
but but they just looking at that. And the other thing in the background though is that China's looking at some other bigger problems. You know, they got huge uh, macroeconomic issues within China. They also have um, a demographic issue within China, which is that they're uh, they have an, uh, an a generally aging population, and that one child policy has caused this huge gap um, in uh, in the population, where they're just not going to have this huge labor pool. Uh, they're talking about you know decreases, and 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 Xi's looking at this, this decreasing labor pool that can do this, and that's what China's economy is built on is cheap labor, that's and they, true. and it just won't be there. And so they're looking ten years, twenty years down the road, and saying we may not be able to operate China based on the economic principles China operates on. Well, I think we need to keep this in mind during the next election and the election after that because we want some level-headed people in office who mm-hmm. know how to think and not know <laughs> how to plan and not just react. So I appreciate yeah. you coming on and, and giving us an update. It's pretty interesting what's going on. And hopefully okay, everybody's well, listening and planning and plan ahead. Okay. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, in the studio, we have a full house. I don't know if anybody's heard of Alto. I heard of Alto. In Spanish, it means stop, correct? Correct. Okay. Steve is a paralegal. He's with this company, and I would like you to introduce our panel. Thank you for having us, Sherry. Yes, here with us from Alto, we have Sofia Rosende. She is the regional vice president for Alto on the West. We have the operations manager of the Southwest region, Andre Lafon, a customer success specialist, David Stone, and of course, myself. Thank you. And what do you do? I am the paralegal slash victim advocate for the Tucson market, and uh, I work in conjunction with David uh, to uh, um, work with our clients. Okay. First question is, what is Alto? Sophia, can you tell me? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for having us. <laughs> so Alto is really all about um, partnerships that lead to a resolution. That's the best way of saying it in a short one sentence. We're all about working with retailers and other businesses to build those partnerships, whether it is with law enforcement, the district attorney's office, the community, civic groups, uh, municipalities, whatever it might be, all kind to mitigate business disruptions um, happening in retail, all from an unhealthy situation, someone with um, with that needs mental help or ORC or other other issues that retailers are seeing. When did Alto get started and who, who started this? It's a great idea, but who did this? Yeah, so funny story. Alto has been in, the, in this country for about five years, but it originally started down in Chile, in South America, in the Patagonia, um, about 18 years ago. And our founder, Jorge, was a former prosecutor that started seeing the gap between law enforcement, retailers, and prosecutors, right? And everybody kind of got a lot frustrated because they felt like, why am I going to call police if they're not going to show up? And then detectives were like, well, I don't have the evidence. I don't have a witness and prosecutors as well. So a lot of those cases had a lot of work from the entire community to try to make something happen. And then finally, 
those fell through the cracks. So Alto is there to work with retailers and fill those gaps to make sure we take those cases, those actions, and those disruptions to uh, to a conclusion or resolution. And the concept, as I understand it, the concept is you keep track of these smash and grab people, the uh, the petty thefts, the uh, the drug addicts who like to you know go in and steal stuff and then sell it on the in the parking lot or <laughs> behind the store. You keep track of all that. So you're actually building a case. This is what this person did on this date, on this date, on this date, in this date. This isn't a petty theft anymore. This is their MO. This is prosecutable, correct? Right. I mean, retailers are doing the best they can with the resources that they have with their own teams to try to build up cases and create safer stores, right? But they're slightly understaffed as everyone else is at this point and uh, we're there to help them with those gaps right so we could be uh, making sure that law enforcement have all the evidence to make sure that uh, we're looking into those right cases this is not about as you as you mentioned petty theft this is about safety this is about bigger cases violent repeat offenders that are coming to the stores every day and at the end of the day uh, the main goal of retailers, and we help in that too, is how to create a safer space for people to work in those locations and for customers to shop safely. And that's become a big issue here in Tucson. Actually, it's across the country. It's coast to coast. Absolutely. And we've got a, a failed bail reform system <laughs> that isn't doing anybody any favors. How does this affect your your job, Andre, with, with uh, Alto? Well, unfortunately... <clears throat> Pardon me. Unfortunately, we do uh, see opportunities moving across the country, regardless of the municipalities, and improving how recidivists are dealt with. And that's where we strive. Our teams are able to help reinforce both on the asset protection, law enforcement, and prosecution side by bringing these cases together, reducing the strain on both the asset protection teams with the companies, the investigative side with law enforcement, and then our attorneys and paralegals are able to work with law enforcement to prosecution on making sure the entire understanding of the suspect's history and their effects have been on the community as well as on our clients. With that presented, we are able to advocate in court for more appropriate measures from the courts, whether that's stricter jail sentences, whether that's stronger uh, bail or release terms, or whether that's getting people into mental health or drug rehab opportunities to help get them cleaned up. Because our goal is to stop the recidivism, and that helps make a safer and stronger community. And that is our overarching goal, to make sure that everyone is safe, healthy, and able to operate freely in the world. You said our attorneys. Do you have attorneys working for you? Yes. Uh, So we hire staff attorneys and paralegals for each one of our markets. They specifically work for us. They are not from a law firm. And we will often hire former prosecutors or former law enforcement turned attorneys so that we get that specialty but we're looking for people who are interested in making a difference, not just a job. And we get a lot of passionate people working for us that work diligently to make a safer community. 
And the good thing about that, if I may, is that they're local, right? This is not a group of attorneys that are somewhere in the country or all based. It's their community. The same thing here with Steven as a paralegal, right? It's their community, it's their stores, and they really want to create that impact. The good thing, like attorneys talking to prosecutors, it's a different language, right? Especially if they're former prosecutors, they know the language, they know how the system works. And they also know the challenges that prosecutors are seeing and law enforcement are seeing and can understand even better how to support them. So can you give us a success story? Sophia. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all on you. It's all on me. Yeah. Lady taking the business now. Um, as always. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, no. It's all good. We have a lot of success stories, right? Um, uh, a particular I can think of, it's way more related to the, the community, right? I remember one time we had one of our stores. Um, so this, this store was dealing with a lot of issues. There was encampment outside the store. There was actually a drug dealer outside the store. And they also had young people stealing inside the store every single day, right? Yeah. Between Bidlin and not. And so we went to that store. This was uh, in LA. And um, we talked to, we went and talked to the, the CEO of a Covenant House. So the Covenant House gives resources to young people between 18 to 25 years old there were unhoused, right? It could be because they were kicked out of their houses, whatever it might be. So they did not only provide support uh, with with um, having a bed and a place to eat, but also coaching on how they should start interacting to get their independency back again, right? So we remember we went with a store manager and a retail partner to talk to him and say, hey, how can we partner up? We have so many people stealing our stores and it's affecting us X, Y, and Z. And surprisingly, the CEO said, like, I don't want goods. I don't want money. What I, I really want is what if we create a job fair? I have great kids here and I'll make sure I supervise them, right? Uh, and make sure that they're, they're settling in, that they know how to uh, work on their first job, etc. And then he gave his personal contact information to the store manager and say, hey, if you see one of my kids stealing at your store, I'll make sure to go there with them and clean up your parking lot for two weeks so they can understand that this store is part of their community as well. And we had an amazing, successful story with one of the kids. Um, and some very old saying kids at an 18 year old and 25. <laughs> <They're kids. laughs> but uh, but uh, <laughs> it was their kids. first job. And after that, they were able to have their salary and have allocation, right? Uh, it's, it's a large issue, but that's absolutely a success story for us. I know a lot of people think that drug addicts, it's a victimless crime. But that's not true. I've been a victim of not being able to get into a store because of, you know, being verbally accosted. And they'll physically accost you, too, if they think they can get away with it. To the point where I don't even shop in Tucson anymore Mm. because of it. But they find out that somebody's out there trying to do the right thing to make things better again. That's awesome. That's hats off to you for... We're trying to clean up the community. Do you think um, Tucson should be make it illegal to have camping in in the city limits? Would that help you if these people weren't here? So um, I have the pleasure to travel across the across the country for the last four years, and the issue so it's the same everywhere. everywhere at different dimensions, right? You have some cities, different metro areas that have similar issues, but. I think the challenge here is how do we connect, how do we create partnerships to address the issues in Tucson as a community? This is not a law enforcement problem. This is not a retailer's problem. This is something we need to... The community's problem. Exactly. Start looking from from every single angle. And uh, 
and and like I imagine, I'm not an expert in Tucson, uh, but I imagine that Tucson is not the same as it was ten years ago, five years ago, right? And not even five years ago. Not even five years ago. And 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 customers, as you mentioned yourself, like shopping, and even the the people that are there every single day uh, at the stores serving their customers, they're dealing with situations they were not used to, right? And they're not even trained to. So that's where we come in and close that gap, build that partnership, introduce law enforcement to the store and try to create specific solutions for stores. Because even if it's an issue that it's affecting Tucson in general, every single store has a different background and address situations differently. So it's it's not... Yeah, company policies exactly. are different. Yeah, yeah so it, it's about how we can help the retailer, the store and law enforcement and the community to get involved and think about ideas. Do you have security people that you assign to a store? Is that how it works? We don't, don't know. We don't have Why security. Not? Because it's not our business. <laughs> you don't want Brand to security. So we are an after-the-action and uh, proactive planning uh, company. Our goal is to help aggregate these resources together and these incidents together. So you mentioned the homelessness. Although we don't uh, interact in that level, what we do do is make sure that we can identify the resources that are available, both uh, governmentally and uh, NGO, and try to bring them to the areas that we see them impacting our clients and the communities that we operate in. We've had great success doing this in multiple different markets. Everyone has some resources available and putting money. The issue is coordination. It's hard for uh, these sporadic individuals who are constantly moving about to get targeted with the assistance they need. And so that's one of the steps that we take. Again, our goal is to help make the community as a whole a better, healthier, and safer environment. And we work with law enforcement on that, and we try to bring these resources to bear. Uh, in reference to uh, in the field getting involved in each one of the stores, that level is up to the stores, the stores' policies, the companies, the clients we work with. Ultimately, we are an asset uh, for those people. We work with their security. We work with their asset protection. Uh, our job is to help make the resources available that are available outside of the corporate structure along with improving the communication line from store to jury. Okay. That make, that makes sense. But you're putting it you're putting everything together to so you're kinda of like an escrow company. You yes. you keep the evidence and stockpile everything to make a book and take that book to court and say this is this person's MO. They shouldn't be let off because they took a Snickers bar. They actually took you know, that aisle eight. <laughs> right. Visibility. Very, very much so. That is a very accurate uh, representation. Okay. And we always say we want to change the pointing fingers to handshaking, mm. right? This is not about blaming the other person or the other organization, whatever it might be. Is how can we work together towards the same goal? Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. Daylight is fading and the temperature is dropping. You are not only cold, hungry, and lost in a densely wooded area, you're injured. Time is of the essence. Sarsi is a highly trained team of dedicated volunteers who work closely with Pima County Search and Rescue to help people in critical situations just like this. 
To join an exclusive team of heroes, go to sarci.org. That's S-A-R-C-I dot org. We need your knowledge, experience, and of course, your generous spirit. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. This is Nathan Chabin, producer for Law Matters. I have a goal to reach, and I need your help. I want to put the DEA out of business. That's right, the Drug Enforcement Agency. If you have an addiction problem or know someone who does, please reach out to lawmatters1030.org and click the DEA tab for more information. Reaching out is the first step. We have the resources if you have the will. You can beat this demon and help me put the Drug Enforcement Agency out of business. Law Matters Live show airs Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, we have IRS Special Agent Brian Watson and Enrolled Agent Mark Barnes to answer all your tax questions. Law Matters is a 501c3 funded by your generous donations. Please visit our sponsorship page located on lawmatters1030.org to join our mission and keep the conversation going. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Please stop running red lights. It's hazardous to our health. Thanks for staying with us. Our guests today are representatives of Alto, which is a great organization that's helping our local retailers actually get the bad guys put in jail. It's ultimately, that's what you're doing, right? So this bail reform thing, people aren't being held accountable for their actions and you know they can't afford bail, so they just let them go. So they're out there continuing to steal and do drugs and how is this affecting your your progress <laughs> everybody points to everybody else no 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 so. <laughs> no yeah i mean that's a that's a big conversation but i think at the end of the day uh it's all about safety it's all about creating a safer space and i know it sounds like a broken record but it's all about creating safer stores so people can work there and customers have a safer experience we're not going in there saying everybody's a criminal, right? It could be an unhoused situation, someone who's down in their luck. It could be someone who suffers from a mental illness, right? But there are violent events happening at the stores, and we're all about safety and about being aware, right, and de-escalation and how can we, uh, of course, keep the accountability, right, when there's ORC, when there are, like, big offenses, and keep those repeat offenders away from the store. But... It's a larger it's a larger issue than just saying, hey, there's just bad people going inside the store and stealing stuff, right? We know that, as we mentioned before, things have changed a lot. And we honestly believe that by creating this partnership with prosecutors so they can have the visibility of what's going on at the stores with law enforcement, many times they don't have the, the, the bandwidth of the time, they're understaffed too, to go to a store and, and they don't have all the evidence or anything they need. So we act as a liaison between retailers and law enforcement so they have everything we need. So when there's actually a case that it's worth pursuing, we get the resolution we need. Now, that has to be a gift to them because you've done all the work. Here's the case. Here's your file. Reads like a book. In a pretty box. Yeah. In a pretty box, <laughs> wrapped in a bow. I would be really happy to have you around. 
and I imagine all your retailers are happy too. You guys are doing a, an event later today, a blood drive, and a, a food drive too. Is is that what we're doing? Yeah. So David or Steve, do you want to talk about this? Uh, sure. So yes, we actually have a uh, community event today at uh, the corner of 22nd and Alvernon, um, specifically 3910 East 22nd Street. And uh, this event is just uh, a thank you to our first responders. Um, I don't believe, we believe that they don't get enough credit for the hard work that they do. And they don't. And they don't. Um, you know, we're well aware of the... Um, you know of what they do and uh the job that requires uh a lot of their time and effort uh to make the community safer so um we just want to give a little a little back to them um and uh have them stop by um enjoy some free uh, t- uh Texas Roadhouse barbecue uh as a way of saying thank you for uh, for all their hard work um we understand that they're understaffed overworked and uh at the end of the day you know it's because they want to do it but we do want to say thank you the community wants to say thank you so there's going to be a blood drive on the southeast corner of elvron in 22nd street and if you can bring a can of food please non-perishable food for the food bank and they're doing this in honor of our first responders and our military so Hats off for that because that's, like you said, they don't get enough recognition. So we understand, I understand what your objective is with Alto. Do you guys do any lobbying with our our um, state representatives to get some laws changed or improved? No, we don't do any lobby, but we call ourselves Alto Allying. So the idea is as we work with more and more retailers, the conversation now it's different, right? It's not one store offering about something or a retailer. It's the community. It's all the stores in a, in a different region, but we do not do lobby. So how if a retailer is experiencing a lot of petty theft and, you know, the stuff going on, people not letting people into their business, how do they get in touch with you to get some help? So we have a, we obviously have a, a website, alto.com. Uh, we can be reached through that. Additionally, whenever you're in the community and you see our logo in the windows, please uh, feel free. Alto.us. Thank you, Sophia. Uh, They're international, so alto.us.com, right? Uh, also, there's US. an Alto Pharmacy, an Alto kind of like Uber service drive, so it's Alto Alliance or Alto.us, yeah. correct? <laughs> there's an Alto you Uber? Yeah, in yes. California. It, it got confusing there for a bit. <laughs> but uh, whenever you see our logo in the windows of our clients, they would have contact information for our local market teams. But corporations are able to find us through LinkedIn, through online assets, and we're actively participating in retail conferences, security conferences. We're everywhere. So do you do presentations? Can a retailer call you and say, hey, I want to know more about this can you come over and talk to me absolutely Absolutely. yeah we can give an introduction of what we do kind of share success stories but at the end of the day we also want to hear from them what are the issues that they're seeing right because they they might be similar to other stores but everybody has their own background and their own policies and their own pains and most stores have cameras and i've been to one of the meetings 
and I noticed that they were sharing pictures of people who were doing things, may not have known the name. Hey, does anybody know the name of this person? And other people, they're sharing information. You know, that person is so-and-so, and this is what they did in my store. And so they're they're helping to build the case with each other. It's not just one store. It's all these stores help build that book that's given to the prosecutor. That's Absolutely. the beauty of partnerships, right? Exactly. You um, have and collaboration, to share. And, and especially with law enforcement, where they do have some systems or resources. They in the street every day, they know who people are to identify some people and to, to protect each other. So what do you suggest for people who aren't involved with Alto? What do you tell them? How do you tell people you really need to get on board with this? Yeah, so this is not just one solution for one specific retailer. This is a solution that adapts to the retailer itself. There are some, we work with larger organizations. They have an ORC team that has uh, an AP team, right? And we work with smaller uh, chains that they don't have that, right? So we adjust to what the customer needs. It's all about the safety, about creating those partnerships. And at the end of the day, Alto is not replacing Anyone or any team is just filling up those gaps. We have the the time and resources to be that liaison with the community to put those cases together and take it to the to the last mile to a, to a resolution and communicate that because also sometimes you can have a great result or a success story and if your team your people is not hearing about that you're not going to change that perception of like well I'm going to waste my time in doing this if nothing's going to happen right. and it impacts the morale of the, the 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 store employees right and everybody law enforcement as well why am I going to do this if nothing's going to happen everybody's busy everybody don't I've heard that yet. I've heard that over and over and over again why bother they're, they're not going to show up they're nothing's going to be done and nobody stays in jail because they don't keep them there and maybe we should consider criminal reform. <laughs> I think that's a better idea. And there's a power in numbers. Retailers working together, the community working together, law enforcement. We can make a change. Um, and I think we've seen that on and on, especially now more than ever with social media and stuff like that. Like there's a power in numbers. There's a power in partnerships and alliances that wants to create safer spaces. So you told us one success story. Tell us another success story that, you know, you worked really hard on and you finally got somebody convicted of a crime. Yeah. Uh, well, I have the privilege that I'm not the one doing that. It's my team <laughs> working very hard, right? And in those cases, it's not one phone call to a law enforcement. It's not attending court only once. Yeah. It's several times and, and pushing for it. Uh, I want to give a success story of this market. Um so do you have anything in Steven. mind that you can think of, Steve? Yes, actually, um, we just had a positive resolution to a case that this market was working on. Um, last week, uh, there was a sentencing hearing for uh, a defendant, and uh, this will tie into the partnership that uh, the retailers have with one another. One of the stipulations for the sentencing of this defendant was that he was supposed to have no contact with the client, in addition to uh, some additional re uh, retailers. So uh, not only is there a positive resolution for our client, there's a positive resolution for the other retailers that were being affected by this defendant. And uh, also going back to not just seeking incarceration, um, another thing that we advocate for is that if this individual does have uh, 
you know, an unfortunate history with substance abuse. Um, we request for mandated counseling, uh, substance abuse counseling, uh, narcotics anonymous, alcoholics anonymous, anything that um, they've been uh, um, arrested for before. And uh, this individual has been mandated that. So we, we do seek that that um that counseling for them so that we can reduce their recidivism in essence reducing the recidivism for the community so so you actually you're helping everybody even the bad guys and they don't necessarily have to be bad they they're going down the wrong road if they had somebody to show them where the right road is maybe they could get better absolutely and especially when you're talking kids yeah. Unfortunately, Absolutely. a lot of the people that we see out there uh, fall into into situations that have pushed them into a bad path. And our goal isn't just to get them dealt with, but to get them the help that they need. Uh, another success story that we had in one of our uh, other markets close here was a repeat offender that had been uh, plaguing one of our client locations for months and months and months. And the police were hesitant to deal with this person because of a history of mental health issues. We were able to work through both our CSS in the field and our attorney working with law enforcement prosecution to not only finally get this person picked up and held, but through the court system advocate for her to be held in a mental health and drug rehab center so that they could get her the help that she needed to get back onto the right path. Currently, that's still going on, but that's one of our big goals is, again, that recidivism and helping the community. Okay. I've heard people say, okay, they'll take them to this facility, but that facility can only keep them for three days. Unless there's a court order. So a court order can say in certain jurisdictions that you cannot make a choice on your own, And so you are now going to be reprimanded into the custody of the state, and this is part of that. Yeah, I've always wondered about that because you have somebody who's so strung out on drugs, they really can't be responsible for themselves. Somebody has to make a decision instead of just letting them out and, you know, they're continuing to do what they're doing. Stop it. Somehow somebody has to say stop it. Right. It has to be mandatory in order for it to work sometimes. So do you have people that go to prison? Of course. Oh, of course. Especially repeat offenders that we have seen a lot of violence or see groups. Uh, We have had some very impressive convictions in a lot of different markets Mm. where it was unheard of. Uh, But again, it's, it's kind of the last resource when we see those big cases. This is not about putting everybody in jail that would be not possible and it's not what we want but what what there'd be more room in the parking lot right (laughs) (laughs) what we really want to want to do with the with the model and the uniqueness of this model and why has it worked not only in south america with chile colombia in mexico and spain and here in the u.s is that it has a deterring marketing aspect of it right and by that i mean every single one of the stores that we work with they have the alto decal on the front door just like you have an alarm system on your back uh, on, on your front door, it's the same. So the idea is that over time, when they know, oh, I see this logo, is the same one that our attorneys are wearing their badge. When they go to court to represent victim advocate, is I don't want to go inside the store to do this again because they're going to hold me accountable. Something is going to happen. So sometimes, unfortunately, you can't change behaviors, but at least that person's not going to go to that store. And that's how they'll we- behave badly in somebody else's store. At first, and then they'll have to... And exactly. they hire us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they, you said they hire you. 
is what is the fee or does it depend on the size of the store how does that work yeah exactly it depends on the size of the store it depends on how many stores usually we do what it's called a proof of concept or a pilot for x amount of months uh generally six months with a group of stores between 15 to 50 stores it depends on those uh conversations from our business development group but it it depends on how many stores you have what size of of uh of your stores are etc so you travel all over the country Yes. You say, you say you travel. You've traveled a lot. Have you been to Spain? I have not been in Europe, but I but I travel throughout the country. Yeah, throughout America. Correct. So you you told me during break that Alta was started in L.A. In the U.S., yes, that was the first market we ever launched. And it had to be pretty busy. That's L.A. <laughs> they told us like the reason why we started in L.A. And I'm originally from Chile, where the company was founded, and I moved to L.A. Uh, to to start a company here. And we started L.A. because they said, "Hey, if you can make it in California, you can make it everywhere else." And, well, they need the help. And now we're working in 22 states in the U.S. plus uh, Puerto Rico and Washington D.C. Illinois. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're in 22 states across the country right now, essentially every major market. That's impressive. And you did that in how many, what, what, five years? Four years, yeah. Four years? That's pretty impressive. We have an amazing team. It has been... You must have amazing reputation, too, because that's not an easy thing to get people to, hey, you need my help. You need me, is basically what you're telling them. Yeah. And, and they and, do. And more than they need us, which, yeah, it's we need each other. It's about how can we work, work together work together towards something and, 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 and if we can help them in that piece, right, to close those gaps, that's who we are, that's what we want to do and we really care and we have local people. That's the main thing, people that really care about making an impact in their communities. Do you have canines? No, we don't. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> At home, maybe. At home, maybe. <laughs> no, I think that's impressive because we've we've got a market where, obviously, you know, law enforcement needs help. And sometimes if I was a retailer, I would, like, throw up my hands. Now what do I do? You know, we don't have those resources, and you are filling a, a gap that people need, and you're making positive changes for our community. For that, I thank you. I might even start shopping in Tucson again. You never <laughs> Please know. do. That's our goal. The, those, That's our goal. The, the taxes, the sales taxes from those are what help go support things like law enforcement. And we're losing a lot of money because of the situation, this failed bail reform thing. And I just don't understand why they thought that was a good idea to begin with. But it isn't just Pima County. It's the entire country, coast to coast. They tried this, and it's not working. So change it. Not working, change it, right? So if somebody wants to get in touch with you again, how do they do? Is there a phone number that you can give us? So alto.us or altoalliance.com. Those are going to be the best. (laughs) Well, I would not be the best person to contact for uh, uh, looking into hiring our services. But through those two contacts, along with uh, finding us on LinkedIn, will be a great way for companies that are interested in our services to reach out to our corporate teams to begin the discussions. Yeah, and come to to our community event today with Absolutely. your families. Stop by and say hi. We'll be there. And give blood. 
and give blood. Lots of blood. All your blood. We need all <laughs> your blood. Yeah. And if you have, you know, if you're a major corporation that has asset protection that participates in things like the um, meeting uh, with uh, ORC representatives uh, throughout the markets and throughout ORC. The, so organized retail crime. Okay. Uh, so that defines a couple of different things. Uh, that defines the criminal aspect, but that also defines the groups and law enforcement and uh, the private sector that work to target those individuals to help lower the costs and make a safer community for everyone. We're almost always there, and we like participating in those, sharing that information. And if you have asset protection people that are participating in that, you see us, come knock on us, ask us a question. We'll be happy to work with you to get you more information. I know you have at least a monthly meeting with everybody who's involved and they meet at the police department, Tucson mm-hmm. Police Department, and they share information, they share photos, and they have videos, and they keep all this stuff. They save it because it's evidence. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately you guys get it and put it all together like a storybook to get somebody arrested. So I want to know more about your partnership with law enforcement. Do you work with just the city or do you do you work with the county? Or do you work with all of them? So, so let's have uh, David answer that one. Speaking to the Tucson Valley specifically, we work with all the law enforcement agencies in this area. So even if even if the retailer is not necessarily in that jurisdiction, we're still working on building those partnerships with with all the local law enforcement. So um, we do presentations. We do, um, as a matter of fact, next month we have a presentation with one of the police departments here on Alto. Um, we've we've been able to share that with uh, other agencies as well. And, and getting specifically to those partnerships, and you had asked for success stories, um, local law enforcement has told me directly that they absolutely love the idea of Alto because they're seeing local retailers get engaged again because they were discouraged and um, they are seeing a difference now. They're seeing local retailers report better um, and be more more engaged. Proactive. Um, exactly. And so they appreciate uh, what we're doing because it's helping them to partner with the local retailers better and the success we've seen is phenomenal um the uh, tucson police department has put together specialty units as has marana um, and oro valley and and pima county sheriff's department specialty units to combat uh, orc um, local law enforcement tends to call it ort which is organized retail theft uh, but they're both the same and so they're building, they're they're putting together these specialty units to fight this problem, um, to the extent that they're having officers focus on a specific store to try and help with um, uh, those repeat offenders and um, the stories. And we could we could spend another two hours with the stories of of people that we've been able to um, to identify. And um, and get them whether it be help for mental illness or or arrested and um, charged and be accountable for what they're doing. Sure, and, and the partnership isn't just with law enforcement. It's been with the county attorney's office. Uh, we've met with them. 
Um, it's the coalition meetings that, that the police departments are having around the city now. Um, uh, I attend all of those. Stephen is able to attend those as well. Um, and you talk about sharing pictures. Uh, that's That happens at these coalition meetings. And um, the police departments, they're doing more and more of these now because more and more retailers are showing up to these meetings. And so it's encouraging to local law enforcement to see that, oh, they really do want to help. They don't want to just sit back and point fingers at us and say, you need to do something. They want to they want to help. want to be a part and of the solution. Ab- absolutely. Now, because ignoring it just emboldens these people. They're, in, they're emboldened already because bail reform. And I just think that we need to do something about changing that part of it, too. But people need to be held accountable for their actions. I don't care what their action is. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Be held accountable for that. Are you in Cochise County, too? We are not. Just- do you want to be? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we want to be in every county. Absolutely. You want to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to hire more people. We will. That's fine with us. Are you hiring? Yes. Yes. Okay. How does somebody go about getting hired? So, again, on our website, we do have a careers path, but we also actively post open positions everywhere from Indeed, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, uh, any of the major sites that you would go looking for career opportunities. And what kind of positions are you hiring for? So we hire anything from uh, CSS, which is our customer success specialist, typically people who are either uh, former law enforcement, such as David here, asset protection, loss prevention people, uh, people who have uh, strong experience and work history in retail environments. We really look for people who have a good understanding of the intricacies involved in retail crime. We also hire for paralegals, uh, legal assistants, attorneys, and as we continue to grow, there'll be more opportunities and more career paths that open up with us. When you say you hire attorneys, when you hire an attorney, they can't be working for a different law firm and working for you as well? Correct. They only work for us. Uh, we want them to be our focus and working for our clients in their best interests. Okay. So if somebody's like fresh out of school... U of A? Absolutely. We'd be willing to look at them, talk with them, and if they're the right fit for what we're looking for, we're more than happy. We hire uh, fresh attorneys. We hire retired who are looking to get back in it to do the right thing. Can they work part-time? So typically we hire for full-time. As you can imagine, this issue across the country is a full-time problem. It's a problem. It is. (laughs) So do they work from home? Do you have an office? Where's your office? So we do have a headquarters in Miami, but we are... (laughs) That's uh, a hell of a commute. (laughs) Yeah, but because of the nature of our work and the uh, uh, spread out nature of our markets, it's remote work. You'd work from home, you'd visit locations, you'd uh, go to these meetings, you'd be going to court, but additionally, we like to have regional meetings we bring everyone together because not only is it about helping our local communities but sharing ideas networking with one another crime doesn't just happen here it's spread out the same person that's targeting locations in tucson can be targeting phoenix vegas la 
Reno, San Fran. And so we have a network and alliance that we uh, run that communicates all this so that we can make sure that we're holding everyone accountable and that we're aware of what's happening across the entire board. Especially when you're talking snowbirds type people, these people will come down here and they don't necessarily own a house. They live out of their car or camper or whatever. They're doing the same thing here that they do maybe in Alaska or Washington or wherever. They just want nicer weather to do it in. So aren't we lucky? Well, you know, (laughs) if if you're going to be naughty, why not be comfortable in being naughty? That's true. (laughs) So you help put bad actors away. That's great. And you work from home. 40 hours a week? That's the goal. How do you do that? How do you work from home? Do you have a time clock you have to punch in? I'm here, or how does that work? At the end of the day, uh, it's we have a set amount of work that we have to do. We have to get our cases done. We have to get our clients uh, visited so that they get the support that they need. And so our focus is making sure we're getting our work done and doing the best that uh, we can for our clients. But now, is it hourly or is it salary? How does, how it's, does it, it's, it's salary? Yeah. And uh, we are a company that it's uh, tech enabled services, so we leverage our own technology to make our work more efficient. Okay. Uh, but it, as, as Andrew was saying, it's a hybrid between working from home, planning, being flexible. We have all that kind of benefits of the times right now where everybody has their kids at home or mm-hmm. anything else that could be so we have that flexibility but it's all about thinking outside the box at every level right and so that's why our attorneys our paralegals our team members are not just like an ordinary attorney it's people that really care about making a difference and thinking yeah. outside the box because clearly the solutions in the past have just not been enough so we need to do better and what works here may not work in Phoenix or in L.A. Exactly. So every, every area has their own personality. Exactly, and that's part of our structure is we have a operation system. However, the expectation is we will adjust as necessary to each market and to each law enforcement and each client. We may be paid by our clients, but our goal is to view law enforcement and prosecutors as additional clients, and we're here to serve them as well. Yeah, and we are a diverse group, and I honestly believe diversity makes us stronger. So, oh, absolutely, Very much so. and we have a great team. diversity in thought, not just you know <coughs> cultural diversities. And I think that's awesome. Again, there's a blood drive and a, a food drive on the southeast corner of Alvernon and Twenty Second. You'll see the Red Cross. Is it Red Cross? Mm-hmm. You'll see the Red Cross van there. They're going to take your blood all your blood there will be a lot of bloodletting going on sherry if i'm if i may it's typically appointments that are already been set with the american red cross they may have a few available for walk-ups but most of the appointments have already been set but they'll definitely have information to set appointments at other locations as well very cool okay i want to thank each and every one of you steve you're so quiet i want to thank you for being here and i hope you're feeling better dave I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, and come on out to that intersection, (laughs) the southeast corner, and I'm going to be there. What time? What time? The uh, Red Cross bus will be there a little bit before 10, but the actual event is from 11 to 2. Okay. From 11 to 2. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon.
Law Matters Live Show airs Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, we have IRS Special Agent Brian Watson and Enrolled Agent Mark Barnes to answer all your tax questions. Law Matters is a 501c3 funded by your generous donations. Please visit our sponsorship page located on lawmatters1030.org to join our mission and keep the conversation going. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Please stop running red lights. It's hazardous to our health. KVOI Cortero.